You're listening to the Inside North Central Massachusetts podcast, sponsored by Franklin Professional Associates, excellence in staffing and recruiting, and supported by regional leaders like Enterprise Bank, helping people and businesses create success. Hello and welcome to the Inside North Central Massachusetts podcast. Travis Condon, Cat Deal from the North Central Massachusetts Chamber. Continue our On the Road series as we feature manufacturers this month, local manufacturers. And Cat, we're just down the street in Lemonster today. And where are we and who are we speaking with? So today we're really lucky that we've got BJA Magnetics over at 17 Moore Street in Lemonster. And we are with Richard Helly. President and Kristen Helly, Vice President. Thank you so much for opening your doors and letting us come in today. And uh, I'm excited about the tour later as well. Well, welcome and thank you very much for doing this. This uh, looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. I think so too. It's a great month for us because we're highlighting manufacturers in our region and those that are our members. And we have a lot of manufacturers in our region. And you guys um, have been here since 1962. That takes a lot of fortitude to keep a business going since 1962. We should qualify that a little bit. (laughs) Okay. The company has some history, and um, uh, Janice, of course, was the um, uh, original from our family, at least, uh, uh, owner of it. Mm -hmm. She worked for um, Bob Johnson Associates, which was a machine tool distributor here, and actually was in Sterling. And she worked for a number of years. Their business was uh, EDM, which is electrical discharge machines. And as that changed and the owner wanted to retire, Janice acquired the business. And at that point also, um, their business changed significantly with certain products. Um, Plastic is the big driver in that industry. And as that business sort of slowly left uh, the central mass, we uh, got together and said, hey, why don't I bring my business in it, which was Permanent Magnets, because Bob Johnson Associates had a good credit rating and uh, some history of success. So we uh, uh, we brought that in and, um, and we started... Uh, servicing and producing permanent magnets for lots of different uh, lots of different things. So you just changed with the times. You saw what was happening and said we can continue in some fashion if we just revamp what we're doing. Change with the times is a good way to put it. Uh, and our product is kind of unique. Uh, you know how permanent magnets are used. Uh, you see them at the flea markets and at novelty shops with these cute little things that go on refrigerators. Okay. Well, we don't do any of that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So where we, we apply our business in many different things that people don't think of that, um, that are done with permanent magnets and assemblies that, are, that use the energy. And it's not like it creates energy. It's, uh, permanent magnet is more like a battery that it stores energy to do different things. And so it can be used for everything from the typical of holding uh, objects, but also... It can be used for small particle control, protons and electrons. And You build a strong enough magnetic field and you can spin molecules and observe their spectra to identify what exactly that molecule is. And that's where our business is and that sort of thing. So how did you get into that avenue of magnets? Well, Travis, bad luck, I think, is probably, <laughs> probably the only way to think of it. I guess I but, could say what attracted you to that. Oh, oh way to go. <laughs> Excellent. Well, that's fun. I've done it quite a a long period of time. In fact, um, magnetics was huge in the United States. At one point when I first was involved in it, it was the largest producer in the world. 70% of the world's magnets came from the area from Detroit down through Indianapolis. That's amazing. Down into Kentucky. Changed radically with uh, 
the Chinese discovering vast quantities of these rare earth materials. And it comes, and you know, rare earth isn't really rare on the earth. It's just the rare is the quantity. When one pulls a ton of, uh, a metric ton of ore from the ground, iron ore that is, mm. there's trace amounts, like the amount that would sort of fit in the palm of your hand that, that comes from that. Uh, the Chinese found that in their uh, ore reserves in Inner Mongolia, the quantity was larger instead of maybe two milligrams per ton that mm-hmm. would come from like California or Canada or places like that. The, uh, those fields would yield eight milligrams, and that doesn't sound like much, but uh, big difference. Add to that the mining friendliness of, um, of Asia and the lower cost of labor in in a period of 20 years, they captured 97% of the world's magnet supply. Wow. There are no longer any producers in the U.S. of these rare earth element magnets, which is a major problem. Um, the government, of course, uses these for everything from smart bombs to control devices, aircraft. Uh, an F-35 has... Uh, 15 kilograms of magnets in there doing different things. Mm-hmm. And uh, with China as the big supplier, it's caused a, a big concern. So um, I worked for a company that was in Kentucky that ended up being bought by a uh, Russian firm. And um, the oddity is that the Russian firm actually bought it simply to launder money. <laughs> so o- over Overnight, the company was closed, and uh, so I uh, found a different job and involved in the same thing. But it boiled down to China being the prime source, and that's where we all ended up going for our raw materials. We do different sorts of things with them. So one of the things you mentioned, um, more specifically, the, some of the different applications that a lot of these magnets are used. Now, as technology continues to accelerate, whether it's in, in defense or the science applications, has that really changed the types of magnets, that the types of permanent magnets that you're producing? Great question, Travis. It's, um, it's interesting how... Right now, we're working on things that didn't exist five years ago and things that actually still don't exist. Uh, the idea of using electric aircraft and using um, little synchros to actually automate aircraft, meaning the self-driving cars isn't a thing of the future. Self-driving aircraft is a, is a goal of uh, a number of different people where pilot error seems to be responsible for a good deal of the catastrophes. Uh, the idea is to develop a fail-safe system where the uh, major controls of the aircraft are, are actually controlled by a, a person sitting at a keyboard, maybe with a joystick, and the actual throttle controls and ailerons and rudders and so forth are controlled by little synchros that are in the cockpit uh, moving those, uh, those, those control levers. It's exciting. And technology has changed and the applications have changed. But just curious, what were the first products that you made and what were their uses for? Well, some of the big ones were in uh, actually the manufacture of semiconductors. Uh, By using uh, magnetic, uh, controlled magnetic fields, one can control uh, very small particles, ions, so, for instance, when semiconductors are made, they start life as a, uh, a wafer that sort of looks like a 33.5 RPM record. Mm-hmm. From that, there's as many as 130,000 chips that come out and go into, we know where they go into, everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the, 
uh, interesting that that starts as a, a crystal, a single crystal of silicone that's two meters long and again 450 millimeters in diameter, cut to a millimeter thick. That surface where all this topology of electronics and semiconductive and conductive pathways is uh, is laid out in a topology of that 130,000 chips on there at once. So that surface is ground and lapped and then uh, made as smooth as can be chemically treated. And the last thing, it's blasted with these small particles. An ion blast will prep that surface for um, to receive the implantation of different particles to build the transistors and the conductive pathways on that surface. The protons in the ion stream are too large. So we actually build devices that will trap the protons. So that's just the sort of like the little marbles that abrade that surface and, and make it uh, conductive to, um, to this wafer that'll produce uh, 100,000 chips wow. off of that, that cars and watches and our, uh, our, all of our electronics are controlled by. That became a big part. Uh, but then from there on to other things like um, I mentioned that by building a very strong magnetic field, one can actually spin the uh, molecular structure of, of organic molecules. And in doing that, then by observing the spectra that that spin gives off, you can identify the true nature of what's in that uh, molecule. So it can be something that the DEA wants to keep an eye on, maybe the meth dealer that's that they've caught. So they look at the meth and they decide how strong it is, compare it to other dealers on the street, and then maybe by looking at what are the impurities in there that they can sort of find that one dealer has the same as the guy two towns over, and they trace it back to Mr. Big and close in on him to try and control the flow of that. Also, that type of device can also look at everything from uh, honey to olive oil to maple syrup. So I'm told that apparently only 40% of the honey that's sold in the stores is honey. The rest <laughs> is some sort of adulterated sugar that made to look like it. That good old-fashioned high fructose corn syrup. <laughs> there you go. Bingo. <laughs> so by looking at it with a spectrograph, you can actually tell real honey from synthetic honey. Same with olive oil and those kinds of things. So it makes uh, you know our food supply a little bit uh, safer, or at least we know what we're getting. I think with a lot of folks with magnets, if you're not in this industry, if you're not really into science and stuff, you might not realize how many different applications are. It's not just helping things move and stick together, but there's so many different applications that you're mentioning. It it seems like they really impact every facet of our life. Ever so true. And again, it um, you know motors and uh, the military system works off of these because of the ability to to convert electric energy to mechanical energy. Down there on Boulder Drive, DRS is now building the motors for uh, the Navy's warships. These are huge things that are being used down there, and, and it's, it's, again, building the most efficient possible uh, motor to um, provide the energy to drive um, the many different propellers that are uh, all over the uh, frigates and, and battleships that are now uh, that they're they're building motors for. I am blown away by everything that you're saying that we are using magnets for, as well as the practical applications, there's larger applications as well in so many different departments and different um, industries that are using magnets. 
I know that the listeners are also thinking the same thing. Half of what you said, just so you know, went right over my head. I'm like, that's all oh, amazing stuff. I sure hope not. But but it's it, it's the practical uses that I think a lot of people don't understand. The idea that we're using magnets to make sure that our food is like I don't know, actually food and, and says what it is. That's such a practical use for people that people would not understand. It's all over the place. Things like this little device here uh, started out 20 years ago when the airbag became popular. Now, this was uh, a device that um, the uh, manufacturer of second-tier automotive devices here in Massachusetts offered to the automotive people to go under the seat of the uh, of a uh, passenger cars that would uh, shut off the airbag from uh, uh, going off with no one's in there. Mm-hmm. And so they thought... You know, it's not going to be big volume because we'll put them in Cadillacs and things like that. <laughs> and then the insurance industry found out, you mean you can save a $1,000 airbag with a $2.50 device? And it's very clever because what it is, you can see a little magnet in there. Mm-hmm. And this is a unique semiconductor device called a hall chip that responds to magnetic response that will actually do an on and off. So that if there's um, a magnet field going across there, the hall, hall chip can... Uh, will will be off or possibly on, depending on how they do it, then by simply putting a metal vein on the bottom of the seat and bringing it down between there, it'll actually turn that, um, that, that switch back on so that the airbag will be effective. Now, look at the number of airbags in cars and mm-hmm. that sort of thing, and, and these are put <laughs> under the seats of each of the trajectory of where the airbag would deploy and you know saves a tremendous amount of money in the event that uh, the airbag goes off with no one in the seat, and it'll just remain uh, in place without uh, deploying. And the listeners can't see it, but you do have another product in front of you, yeah. another item. Can you tell us what that is and about the <laughs> magnetic application there? Careful what you ask for, Travis. <laughs> this is uh, a device that might go right here, and when someone's uh, heart is failing, it's an LVAD. It's yeah. actually a pump. It's an uh, left ventricular assist device that when when someone's heart just is not working any longer, uh, Medtronic came up with a pretty invasive type um, type thing that occurs to get that into a chest and oh then my, have yes. the umbilical I know they can't cord. see it right now. There'll be pictures, okay. but that's but it, huge. Uh, but it's uh, you can imagine. So to get that in there, of course, the uh, you know sternum gets opened up, and yeah. you know if that doesn't uh, kill the, kill the patient, then it, uh, it this might provide additional life. So as time goes on to become more efficient. And uh, by using faster and uh, stronger types of device, we can build motors a little bit smaller. So that has gone down to one that is this size and then to this size. And the new one is even smaller than that. And it allows the technician or doctor to actually introduce uh, the pump through, the, uh, through that uh, artery. Femoral artery. Femoral artery, that's it. And to bring uh, three little pumps like that up into the left ventricle without that invasive surgery so that the LVAD of the future, and again, it's still in clinical trial, will be three little motors that are uh, introduced through the uh, venous system to be uh, much less of an, uh, an invasive surgery. We're going to step aside for a quick break, but we'll continue our conversation in just a moment. Do you have the right high-quality employees to successfully compete and grow your business? Franklin Professional Associates' team of recruiters in Lemonster is here to help you hire the best so you can be your best. Visit franklinprofessionals.com today. 
Welcome back to the Inside North Central Massachusetts podcast. Travis Condon, Cat Deals. We continue our On the Road series for Manufacturing Month. We're over at BJA Magnetics on Moore Street in Lemonster, chatting with Richard Helley and Kristen Helley. And so your magnets that you're able to produce are, are quite small. What's the smallest magnet mm. that you've produced? Um, and then the largest. Yeah, what's the largest? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll show you a big one out back if you like. It's uh, the, the smallest one is somewhere about 0.25 millimeters. So that's wow. about 10 thousandths of an inch, yeah. which is, uh, well, that's less than your hair, is it not? Uh, I think so. A hundred yeah. the, these are used in medical applications. That, well, Kristen, where, 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 how are those used, in fact? Uh, so 20 of these micro magnets were lined up and they would adhere to a stylet with um, plastic that would adhere to the stylet. They would heat it and then they would use it for placement of a pick line. So anyone needing long-term nutrition, chemotherapy, uh, what how it's traditionally done is you would have your uh, pick line put in and then you'd go to x-ray and okay, the pick line has to be moved back uh, you know, a, a centimeter, this or that. So uh, then you'd have to go back, sterile field, move it back, secure it. And now with this application, they have a small little finder that can see where it is in, the, in your body as they place the pick line. And they don't have to break sterile fields, and they can confirm placement right at bedside. And for the two of you, what's wow. it like to be able to work on projects like that that really impact people's lives and yeah. better people's lives? It's exciting. It's exciting. We um, have done a um, an MRI for blood. Um, so sepsis is one of the leading causes of death. People mm-hmm. come into the hospital. They're sick. They don't know what they have. A blood culture is drawn, and it can take anywhere from three to five days to know what bug is in your body and what antibiotic you need. So they will give you an antibiotic, and a couple days later, if the blood culture comes back, they may have to change the antibiotic, and hopefully you didn't expire within those few days. And now there's a a new um, system out that analyzes your blood in two to three hours. So um, they can know exactly what what it is and and what antibiotic to treat with. Uh, So it's it's exciting to see uh, what technology is coming along. It's just amazing the amounts of applications for magnets. What's the largest magnet? I don't want to miss out on what the largest magnet was. Well, kind of interesting because it's, again, uh, it's the thing that makes our job so, so exciting that uh, a a company that's part of General Dynamics has developed a uh, device to essentially their large speakers that will generate a certain uh, frequency sound level. So when oil exploration companies go out to look for deposits of oil under the seabeds, they need to use some sort of sonar-type device. And again, many of them uh, disturb aquatic mammals, and it's a serious problem. General Dynamics, apparently they have a heart because they've actually <laughs> developed this system that uh, operates as a, uh, at a different frequency that will, uh, that will not bother porpoise uh, and, and whales and so forth because it simply is out of their range of, of reception. Oh, wow. And so uh, a number of these are needed to create a, a huge array so a ship will tow 16 huge speakers that are the size of a Volkswagen wow. that use uh, a series of magnets to just like a speaker that Bose makes out here in, uh, in Marlboro, but uh, times 50 is the size of uh, these speakers. And of course, they need a, a larger magnet or as we call it, a transducer magnet. 
And um, that magnet is um, the size of a brick. Wow. It's a very dangerous thing. When we're assembling them, we uh, put uh, our plant manager puts caution tape around and I bet. only allows himself into that area. Uh, one of the other big ones is a, a device that um, uh, MIT, uh, Harvard, um, and Mass General conspired on to uh, produce a, a thing called uh, MPI, or Magnetic Particle Inspection. And what this required is a, uh, a huge gantry that, um, that actually the human head can fit into, but it is, um, a, uh, generates an extremely high magnetic field, and then inject the, through injecting a magnetic fluid into the body, will examine uh, cranial activity so that these small particles will be controlled and, and through a frequency we'll look at the little uh, cavities within the brain and figure out what, what type of actual activity is controlled by what portion of the brain. Wow. So this thing is a, a, a gantry that's the, the size of a huge cement mixer that uh, I think they still need a volunteer, by the way, if you're interested because <laughs> they, someone... Travis, has, that sounds like you. <laughs> I've got too many earrings to take out. Yeah. Anyways, these, these things uh, were um, a meter long, multiple magnets uh, put together by uh, 300 um, millimeters wide by 80 millimeters thick. And again, they're just uh, enormous uh, strength. So where you're not producing necessarily all the same types of magnets or size magnets, it all depends on the project you're working on. How does that change the production process out on the floor and, and what your employees are doing and how that process moves along? Great observation because it is a lot of one-ofs. And so it means uh, sort of coming up with creative ways of building these dif different things and uh, assembling them together. It, uh, it, uh, it, it means... Uh, not doing the same thing day after mm -hmm. day, which is, of course, uh, you know, very rewarding to not be putting fenders on cars and uh, tires on them and so forth. So it's a, it makes for a re rewarding workplace. Also very challenging to come up with uh, ways of doing this in an efficient manner because we all live under the economics of, uh, of doing things uh, the best way. And you're, you're talking about all these different applications, tiny ones, larger ones. How does your team utilize designing the products and and working through the steps of how the best way to get there is to help what you're talking about, to streamline this process. I'm sure that the process, when someone comes to you and says, we need this, that it's a large, you know, I, the undertaking of a brand new product must be a little daunting, I would say, I would think. Of course. Uh, and, you know, the old way of doing this is you do it empirically. You try and make a small one and, you know, maybe uh, – uh, scale it up a bit to work in a larger size. And and I, I think you had mentioned once before that are, are there shortcuts like this? And of course there are. By now with modern software of modeling, we can predict how different structures will react when we um, run them through a, a boundary element analysis or finite element analysis that has a very good capability in predicting how uh, these different uh, materials will interact with uh, with each other and produce the desired effect. And that's it's just impressive the amount of things all around us that you guys are having an effect on. One of the things that's been repeated a lot, and you know, I realize that oops, that um, you know we're not looking at it, but it's uh, it deserves uh, uh, giving you an idea of what's what's being done with a simple product that started with uh, with one idea but then became uh, usable uh, in many different areas. These are uh, very strong 
magnetic uh, components that are arranged in an array that you can see the arrows that it's not like they're all in the same direction mm -hmm. by uh, sort of using the the strength of these magnets to focus their energy on one another it builds a very very strong field in one direction yet no field in the other direction these were originally developed for simple applications like um, the pharmacy in Phoenix Arizona that uh, produces uh, or, or that dispenses a million prescriptions a week and it does it with um, by putting a, a little plastic top on it a uh, uh, coil controls the motion of these through a giant machine that dispenses uh, pills. So this will, uh, with with a bit of software, send it over here to get 90 aspirin tablets or whatever, and then the pill bottle is on top and it fills that and then puts a, a move the next station to a seal and then goes over and a cap goes on it, drops it off into a bag where it comes to the consumer with no one touching it. So that was great, but our partner on this uh, decided we needed lots of other things to do. So the next step was uh, hematology. Siemens builds a similar device to test blood. So test tubes go on top of it and it goes through a similar uh, software controlled um, device that will put the proper proteins and different type of analytical compounds into test blood for who knows what. And again, taking the technician out of the equation so that it's safer, but also less errors possibly. Big one of this, the big brother, is uh, five that are that are two meters long that go under a car, and the same thing happens. That at the Ford Windsor plant, the, uh, the automobiles built there are not moved down an assembly line, but an assembly area, where it goes over to the right, and the fender is introduced with a robot, and the welder comes in and welded in place, and again. Uh, eliminates jobs, but the jobs that no one really wants to do of re repeatability, like we were talking about earlier. Mm -hmm. So those are the kind of things that, that are done by you know very clever analysis and uh, creating um, uh, that whole thing about converting electricity into motion and doing it very accurately. You've been in the magnet business for years now, and things have changed over the years. And for you to be able to continue this family business, and Kristen, for you to be a part of this, what's it like? Why well, don't you start with that? Yeah. Well, it's very exciting, um, especially with the fact of robotics and, as Rich mentioned before, the eVTOL, so the electric vertical takeoff and landing planes. It's kind of exciting to think in 20 years, maybe we'll take a plane up to Montreal, you know, by ourselves, four people or something like that. So it is exciting to see where it, it might go. Oh, absolutely. It's very, it's very Jetson. <laughs> the products that you guys have been talking about are very futuristic science fiction. And the fact that we're using it practical is so great. And one of the things that recently has, I, I, although I'm not sure how recent, but I believe recently you have been certified as a 100% owned woman business. Can you guys talk a little bit about that? Kristen, perhaps? <laughs> well, yes, my mom owns the business 100%. Um, and we're certified by the state. And there are sometimes government set-asides that, um, that we can apply for uh, as a disadvantaged business. Yeah, I think it's amazing that it's a, it is something that we're seeing more of um, and that there's recognition being given for it. And um, 
I'm sure that there's, you know, maybe more females in the future of owning this company. Now, Kristen, did you, did you always know that you were going to come work at your family business? Like, was it always in the cards no. to, to no. work no. here? No. And no. Kind of I think that? I was dragged in. Oh, no. Voluntold. <laughs> but now, now I love it. Um, yeah. So I, my background is nursing. Um, so how'd so. you go from, so how did you go from nursing to magnets? Just, yeah. 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 Um, so uh, again, I just worked a couple of hours in the beginning. I was taking care of my two small boys and then they started this business in 2003 and, and needed some help. And I was at home with my boys and would work just a couple of hours and then eventually grew into the position. And one of our first customers was that um, the catheter that helped with the pick line placement. So that was a very exciting time for us. And at that point, we weren't certified. We've come a long way. We're yeah. now 13485 certified. We're AS9100 certified for aerospace. So we've really grown uh, with our, our quality and our business. Absolutely. But again, having Kristen in the business with a medical background was great, too, because we found ourselves involving ourselves uh, probably in more medical devices than we would have otherwise without someone that understands the uses and, you know, the jargon and the buzzwords <laughs> that go with it. So now, Kristen, are you teaching your children all about how important magnets are and kind of grooming them to be the third generation? Unfortunately, no. Uh, I've raised two um, ski bums. <laughs> A snowboard bum and a ski bum. <laughs> but that, they do they do come here and help out when needed, uh, definitely. Uh, but, um, nope, they're enjoying their lives. Good for them. Absolutely <laughs> good for them. So I did not know how much magnets affected our lives, everything from sea life to our lives to the future, because half of what you said, I swear, is coming in the future. Um, I just want to say that um, for those listening, you might not have known how much magnets affect your life, but I hope you know a lot more now after listening to this edition of the Inside North Central Massachusetts podcast. Thank you, Rich, and thank you, Kristen, for joining us today. And Travis? We'll be back next week. I want to thank all the folks for tuning in today as we've been chatting over at BJA Magnetics in Lemonster. And if people want to know more about BJA Magnetics, where can they go for more information? Uh... Well, it's uh, <laughs> kind of an interesting question you have there. Uh, is it going to be rude for me to say somewhere else? <laughs> you, you see, a lot of people still have that conception that you pointed out that uh, it uh, is used for this, that, and the other thing, and maybe medical and therapeutic devices. And so most of our local contacts come in with people wanting to heal their bad back and that kind of thing. And it's so it just... Uh, we don't have much to offer there. <laughs> so if they're looking for magnetics for uh, commercial, purposes, commercial and, purposes and to put in their products to do very advanced science things, where can they go for more information? I, I think they should come right here uh, to uh, www.bjamagnetics.com. Perfect. <laughs> Richard and Kristen with BJA Magnetics, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. That was fun. Thank you in the chamber for, for doing this. It's uh, great. Thank you. You've been listening to Inside North Central Massachusetts. This podcast is produced by the North Central Massachusetts Chamber of Commerce. For more information on this episode, links to other episodes, or if you have any questions, please visit northcentralmass.com.